Welcome to Ikigai Intelligence, a podcast series at the intersection of emotional intelligence, purpose-driven change management, and strengths-based positive psychology. I'm Sam Yushio. And I'm Josina Garnum. And I'm delighted to be back with you to talk today a little bit about social awareness, the uh, critical dimension of emotional intelligence. And so just to help orient us in our conversation today, Sam, um, as a reminder, we think about emotional intelligence in four different quadrants um, with self-awareness and self-management being in the um, upper and lower left side, and then on the right side, social awareness and relationship management. So today we're really talking about that social awareness quadrant. And I also like to think about in terms of a a context for our conversation that that left side of this four box model, self-awareness and self-management really focuses on things that we do internally. And so today we're kind of turning the page and looking externally. So trying to perceive the emotions that others might be demonstrating um, and demonstrating empathy ourselves in that social awareness domain. And then uh, in our next podcast, really looking at how all those pieces come together in relationship management. Yeah, that's great. So th- as, uh, as a reminder, we go through kind of three key points on each one of these uh, conversations. We go through what is uh, social awareness, why is social awareness important, and then a key practice or two that you can implement ideally uh, on the spot. So, Josina, can you first start off in just uh, defining what is social awareness? Yeah. So social awareness is both um, the ability to kind of accurately perceive the emotions that other people are demonstrating. Um It is a kind of service orientation, so an outward-looking viewpoint that we take. And ultimately, the most important component of social awareness is demonstrating empathy. And in fact, let me just emphasize empathy a little bit further um, in saying that Daniel Goleman, again, one of the principal thought leaders of emotional intelligence, says that empathy is the sin qua non, like the most important thing that you could do to demonstrate emotional intelligence. And in fact, if we could all just practice even a little bit more, one or 2% more empathy in our relationships, what a tremendous difference and impact we could have on the world. So that's what it is kind of in a, in a nutshell. Perfect. Um, can, can you provide some context on just the difference between sympathy, empathy, and compassion? I think oftentimes those three words are used interchangeably and maybe in a confusing fashion. So can you put some definition on those three? Yeah, definitely. Yes, you're right. People oftentimes kind of conflate them. um, And they are really, really different in in practice. So first of all, let's take sympathy, right? This is feeling sorry for somebody. Um, And so hence when we we know somebody who loses a, a loved one, and we send them a sympathy card, we say, gosh, I'm really sorry that happened. You know, I'm sad for you. Um, that is not to diminish the importance of sympathy, right? Um, when we think about empathy, it is the ability to um, kind of come alongside with somebody, to be there for them, uh, and to let them know that you are there as a willing listener. And, and ultimately, when we think about empathy, it's, it's demonstrated in a lot of different ways, but probably the most powerful way is by being an active listener, to really, you know, seek understanding for what the person might be experiencing, Um and also to think about rather than perspective taking, 
but perspective getting, right? I, I want to get your perspective. I'm trying to gather that together to get some more understanding for what you might be going through. Because I, I, I can't know your lived experience um, and I can be curious about it and want to hear your story and share empathy in that way. Um, lastly, compassion is in, in many ways an even more powerful tool of empathy. It's actually taking action. Um, so compassion really implies, uh, compassion means like with with passion, compassion, uh, with action. And so um, it implies that you are actually doing something to help alleviate that person's, we'll call it suffering in, in when we think about it from almost like a Buddhist perspective. Um, so all three of these things are really important, sympathy, empathy, and compassion. Um, and, you know, particularly empathy and compassionate action are, are areas that are really are places where people can demonstrate a high degree of emotional intelligence. So thank you for that. And this, this may shift a little bit into the why is it important, but also, you know, what is social awareness? So when we think about emotions and the contagion of emotions and how they, how we can take on, uh, you can take on someone else's emotions. Can you just break down this whole mirror neuron contagion? So when we are practicing social awareness, um, there are some really amazing things that are happening at a neuroscience level, right? Um, Daniel Goleman actually wrote a follow-on book that's called Social Intelligence that talks about kind of the, the dynamic that's happening uh, between people as they are interacting with one another. And, and literally, it's like our brains are speaking with each other and mirroring each other. Um, and in fact, a number of years ago, uh, neuroscientists discovered that our brains actually have these things that are called mirror neurons that are designed to mirror somebody else's emotions. Because ultimately, that has been core to our survival as a species. Um, we are very focused on uh, connections, you know, tribes, societies, in order to uh, to survive, right? And so our, our brains have maintained those mirror neurons um, so that we can continue to pass our genes on uh, to the next generation. And so when you are demonstrating an emotion, I oftentimes, you know, will we'll have, uh, I'll, I'll catch it a little bit, this phenomenon of emotional contagion, because my brain is mirroring what I'm seeing you know, you demonstrate. And just a, a fine point there. Um, we, we can't, you know, also the neuroscience of emotions is, is evolving that we can't really know people's emotional states unless we ask, right? Unless we inquire. Mm -hmm. And at the same rate, we do have social norms that give us clues to how certain emotions are, are demonstrated. The obvious, you see someone laughing and smiling, right? Mm -hmm. We are often, you're doing it right now. You're smiling, <laughs> yeah. right? Oh, we're both laughing together. You like it. you can't help it, <laughs> right? And, and yet this, I mean, we're doing this naturally as well. Um, you know, I, I don't know about you, Sam. I am uh, maybe a little more tearful than, than the average person. I'll watch a really touching Hallmark commercial and I'm like, oh, that really touches my heart. <laughs> I'm with and you. And I'm welling up a little, right? Um, so we do have this experience of uh, emotional contagion. This is kind of a, a truth to our humanity. Um, and, you know, we, we have to also be mindful uh, that we can't make assumptions about emotions that others are experiencing. Um, I, you know, I can't know your, your inner state right now. You can't really know my inner state right now unless we inquire and we talk about it. 
Okay, so that that provides some context on why it's important. Uh, but maybe can you expand beyond just the the um, you know the neurological underpinnings and the roots for human survival? Can you expand on just why is it important in 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 a, a business setting, in a team setting, in a professional sense? Definitely, definitely. And that reminds me of a a perfect quote. Um, My colleague and mentor, Vanessa Dreskett, whose expertise is in team emotional intelligence, she says that teams are emotional incubators, Mm. (laughs) right? And so we all know that uh, feeling of being in a team meeting, whether it's you're literally in a conference room or whether it's in the Zoom space, um, and someone might bring in... um, a, a shift of energy, a shift of emotional energy, right? And that it, it's quite palpable, you know. Um, and because of this uh, phenomenon of emotional contagion, um, we we might pick up on a little bit of that. If someone comes in really stressed, this, I mean, this happened to me not, not too long ago. Um, a leader I was working with came in really super stressed, um, you know, kind of rushed into the meeting. It was in a, a Zoom meeting, and you can you could feel that tension, and sure enough, you know it, it eventually dissipated, and we move forward in the in the agenda. Um, but it, it it set the tone for that um, you know couple moments, um, and I, I highlight this um, example because ultimately, people that are in leadership positions, as well as those who um, tend to take on leadership roles. Um, are those people are paying attention to a little bit more. And so, you know, if we're showing up in a certain way in a meeting, um, there is that potential to uh, to share that emotional contagion even more rapidly if we're in, again, one of those leadership positions um, where people are attending to um, the emotions you're bringing into a given meeting. Right, that makes right. Sense. Yeah, it does, it does. I, so it's incumbent upon the leader kind of to go back to the other two boxes to have a better sense of their emotional state. Um, because I think oftentimes leaders jump into a meeting or they jump on to a, to a zoom conversation and they may be going from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting. And maybe they just left a meeting that was challenging or taxing and came into another meeting when all eyes are looking at them feeding off of their, um, their nonverbals and their emotional state. So, you know, that, that transition from meeting one to meeting two, um, it's important for leaders to have that understanding of their role and responsibility and how it feeds the energy, uh, within that room. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, it's true for all of us, right? Uh, whether you're in a leadership role or not, taking that moment or two to, you know, regroup, recenter, especially if it's after um, a more emotionally taxing or jarring meeting that you might have had to just, whew, let's put that aside. And now, you know, how am I showing up in, in this moment? Um, how does that need to look different for this group of people that I might be in front of? And, you know, these days we are oftentimes lacking that natural transition period of walking from one meeting to the next, or, you know, I'm going to just take a moment to go get a glass of water Um, because our meetings are just, you know, backed right up against each other. And um, in some of my coaching work, really just working with people to 
find, you know, even take five minutes between meetings. Can you restructure your meetings a little bit so that you can show up feeling a little more centered and grounded and, and attentive to, again, that emotional energy that you're, you're bringing in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of categories of empathy or different types of empathy, maybe this is, I'm backing up a little bit to what is social empathy or social awareness, but can, can you, can you provide uh, some context on those containers? Yeah. So when we think about empathy, um, again, psychologists, neuroscientists um, have, have tried to understand the various uh, nuances of empathy, right? The various shades of empathy, as it were. Um, and really, I think psychologists are, are defining empathy in, as a cognitive capacity. So I can, um, again, kind of rationalize and, and uh, understand some of the emotions you might be experiencing. I could, you know, let's say if I am reading a book or watching a movie or what have you, I can say, oh, well, that person clearly is happy or sad, right? I can understand that. Um, I also can have uh, emotional empathy, right? So this is where, again, some of that emotional contagion occurs. I am picking up on some of that emotion. I'm feeling it myself, um, and then lastly is, is really around compassion. Um, so normally we think about that as almost a separate area, but psychologists do think about compassion and empathy as being connected in terms of taking some action, that willingness to um, do something differently as a result of the cognitive or emotional experience you're having with that other person. Okay. So how about... Switching gears from uh, into key practices. So what? So what can what can people do to um, increase their capacity for social awareness and to take action on social awareness? Can, before we jump into the practice, I, I just want to um, share another thought, right, around kind of why is empathy not only important for emotional intelligence and skillful relationships, but why is it really important right now uh, in terms Mm -hmm. of we are living in a global pandemic, we are having yet another reckoning with racism as a country, as a society. Um, We have a unique swirl of things that are happening, um, you know, across our country and across the globe right now. And, one of the, the things that I think is particularly relevant to empathy in this moment in time is um, the impact of, of loneliness. Um, mm-hmm. For the last, I don't know, few decades, um, we have increasingly become more isolated. Um, there's, of course, a famous book, Bowling Alone, talking about the demise of uh, informal social networks, bowling clubs, things like that. Mm-hmm. And that has only continued to move forward over the last, you know, 10, 20 years. And then, of course, really exacerbated by the pandemic. We, we are those natural social networks are just we're not able to um, to to be with those people. Um, and so, again, to me, this is another reason why empathy is so important right now. We not only need to make that intentional effort to uh, take care of those relationships, And we also need to demonstrate empathy as everybody is working through their own unique mix of challenge, of loss, um, Mm -hmm. and to really be understanding or trying to understand, seeking understanding for what each person is experiencing just seems um, 
even more essential than than ever before. Yeah, absolutely. Such a great point. Um, you know, uh, uh, social isolation and loneliness is uh, more harmful to your health than smoking cigarettes. Right. Uh, and I think in some form, we're all experiencing a disconnect uh, uh, socially. Um, you know, relationships are different. And I, I think when we look out into the future, there's going to, like I, I saw a stat the other day that said um, 70% of, of U.S. employees want to work in a remote capacity in some form. And like a third of them want to work remotely all the time. <laughs> and so if you think about just what social awareness and empathy looks like in the ability or inability or the challenge, probably not inability, but the challenge to effectively connect with somebody, it's different in a virtual setting than it is when you're sitting around a, a conference room table. Um, so I love that point. That's a that's such a, a very important point that an extra dose of empathy, especially right now, is is good for for everyone. That's funny, Sam. <laughs> Coincidentally, I just was attending a webinar on the future of work, um, right just about right before we had our our connection here, and. Um, I saw the same statistic that you're citing uh, mentioned again from some LinkedIn research. And sure enough, it, we were polled in the webinar and basically the same statistics were coming up with the mm. 300 and some odd people that were on this webinar with me. Um, but ultimately, one of the things that was highlighted that I think is a, a thread that pulls through our conversation today is um, culture is not where you work, it's how you work. Mm. Um, culture is about shared everyday habits. And so when we think about this, um, creating a, a culture of empathy, uh, a place where we are caring for each other, where we employ a sense of curiosity about where the other person or people in our team are coming from, um, you know, that's going to be the secret to, to how we work and the cultures we build um, as, as we move, you know, into the future not knowing what this this new hybrid remote work situation is is going to be like. Yeah, yeah, uh, great point. It's it's probably more about the intention and less about the delivery of empathy mm -hmm. you know, on a go forward basis, right? So, like as you were describing that, I was thinking if I um, uh, even even messaged uh, a coworker and made a made an intentional um, act of of uh, reaching out once a week. Just how are you doing? Um, that's building the right type of culture that may have not been relevant or even um, uh, available if we were in an in person setting all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a silver lining of what we're all going through right now that I think there is a heightened awareness toward empathy and, and engagement. Um, you know, one other point as you were describing that, I was, I was thinking back to, to a, an episode that I recorded with Kishibashi, mm. where he introduced a word called omiyari, mm. um, which tr is a Japanese word that can be translated into empathy, compassion, altruism. And he uses it, uh, you know, for different purposes, but the phrase, so I, I'm looking at the, the definition here, it's an individual sensitivity to imagines another feelings and personal affairs, including his or her circumstances. 
So it ties very closely to what we're talking about here. And it's just kind of another mm. lens to, uh, to think about uh, empathy. I love that. And, you know, our the way we look at the world, right, is governed by our language. And sometimes um, we, we, we don't have quite the right words or language to describe the nuances of our emotional experience, much less somebody else's. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's lovely to be able to bring in other ways of thinking about um, how we experience ourselves and each other um, just through literally different languages. So thank you yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, so key practices. Yeah. So micro practices. Sorry. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's great. I'm jumping in because I'm excited about key practices. <laughs> Take an action on the action items. Yeah. So when we think about empathy, um, and that's and that's really the area that I, I want to focus on primarily uh, because it is that that difference maker and again is complex and nuanced in, in a lot of different ways. Um, but I guess number one is practicing active listening, right? And that that means really being present with that person as they're sharing whatever is true for them. Um, you know, we're minimizing any distractions that we might have. Um, we're again employing that sense of curiosity. Help me to understand a little bit more here. Um, that, that that's such a powerful tool in so many different areas. Um, and it's not, it's not easy. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And again, it's probably the key practice of, of demonstrating empathy. The other, the other piece that I think is um, so powerful uh, when it comes to demonstrating empathy um, is acknowledging what the person is sharing. Um, so, you know, it might even be thanking them, like they've, they've shared something that's true for them, maybe something that's hard for them. Um, and so just having that moment of, of acknowledgement and, and gratitude that they feel comfortable to share something uh, that's, again, close to their heart, uh, sharing that with you. And it may, there may also be a sense of acknowledgement in terms of um, seeing an emotion that they're, you know, experiencing, either they've voiced it, or um, you can hear it in the tone or tenor of their of their voice or see it on their face. Um, I was working with a coaching client the other night and um, she was expressing some frustration and you know I, just by acknowledging, yeah, wow, that, that sounds really frustrating. that sounds really hard. And it's it's normal to fear, feel that way. It's okay to feel that way. Um, and you know I want to let you know that I, I'm here to listen to you voice those frustrations. And in this instance, because it was a coaching meeting, let's take that energy and, and kind of harness it in a different way so that we're not dwelling in the frustration, but rather moving forward. Um, but ultimately, you know, the power of empathy is not necessarily to be coaching that person, but just simply being alongside them and, and hearing them, being with them. Yes. So I've, I've, I've heard you use the phrase, suspend your inner monologue. And I think that's so insightful, so challenging, mm. right? Because we're constantly, well, I think there's so many distractions these days and we're running at such a, such a fast velocity that, you know, it's difficult to find yourself in the conversation without jumping ahead or thinking about how you want to respond to that. Um, are there techniques or tactics that you use or you've seen other use that kind of help ground you in that 
conversation or in the moment? Mm, yeah. So um, a couple things. Um, one is in terms of like feeling really present with the person. Um, as, as you said, we're all coming into um, different conversations you know, whether it's with someone in our our home or workspace or in a Zoom meeting, um, with just a lot going on. And I I like to sometimes think about, um, you know, literally taking all that might be on my mind in that moment and just gathering it up metaphorically Mm -hmm. and setting it aside, maybe putting it in like a little golden bowl and it will be there for me when I need to return to it. But for right now, you know, I'm, I'm with you. Um, the other piece um, that I think is, is really powerful, and again, a more specific tool to demonstrate active listening, is this idea of, of paraphrasing. Um, so, you know, Sam, what you were just asking me was for a few different tools and practices. Um, is, is that accurate? Yes. Great. Well, I'll continue sharing some more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. But to just make sure that you are clearly understanding what the person is sharing, reflecting that back to them. And honestly, one of the powerful things about um, paraphrasing and checking for understanding is that the person that you're speaking with oftentimes uh, receives some new insights, some new ways of thinking about whatever it is that they have shared. Um, Mm. So can be a, a really useful practice. I love it. I love it. Uh. Other key practices that you would recommend implementing to demonstrate more social awareness? Yeah. Well, I guess um, I don't necessarily have like more and more practices, but mm-hmm. just that acknowledgement of, of something you shared earlier that, you know, these, these as I share these practices, oh, sure, that sounds great, easy, no mm-hmm. problem, right? They are challenging. And to me, where they're most challenging is when we need them the most. Right. Um, I know I certainly, you know, when I'm feeling emotionally agitated, I'm feeling frustrated about something um, for myself, that's when it's most difficult for me to kind of slow things down and to, you know, see what else might be possible. Um, you know, as we're, we're, we're living in a state of a high degree of uncertainty, um, I was sharing with you some of the concerns I was feeling about returning to school. This is something that'll be Mm -hmm. new for um, me and my family. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the uncertainty that that's bringing up uh, for me was, was putting me in a place of feeling like um, I I couldn't, you know, look for what's possible, right. Couldn't in some ways offer empathy (laughs) for myself. Right. We've got to do this and we've got to do that. Right. Um, Yeah. And, you know, talking with, friends and sharing some of um, these these challenges um, helps to open up some new new possible ways of thinking about things. Right. I realize well, that's I a little there, different than empathy, but. Just. But there is some degree of uh, community that's formed. Like when you, before we hit record, we were talking about virtual school and sharing our uh, experience and our um, frustration with some of the some of the challenges. And I think there is, at least for me personally, like there was a, a shift that was lifted. Like there was a, there was a bit of a cloud that was lifted just through that conversation and realizing there are controllables, there are uncontrollables and we're not alone. Like there are others that are going through this experience. So before we wrap up any final remarks about social awareness? 
Um, well, just on, on that last note, right, we've been talking primarily because this is a dimension of social awareness of practicing empathy for others. Um, and to your point, um, I think it's important to practice empathy for ourselves, right? To give mm -hmm. ourselves some some grace uh, and have some patience with ourselves um, when we are experiencing some of those moments that that are difficult. Yeah, great some point. Self-compassion. Especially important right now. Yeah. At this point in time in the world. Uh, okay, so for the next episode or for the next topic, we'll be covering relationship management, but we're going to spread relationship management over a series of multiple conversations, um, multiple topics under the relationship management category. Um, Justina, can you just share what those topics, what those categories will be? And if you'd like to provide some context, that'd be great. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, ultimately, relationship management, though it's just one little box <laughs> in the model, uh, it is far more complex uh, than some of the other uh, dimensions of emotional intelligence, more encompassing of different dynamics. And so we'll be looking at um, leadership and the relationship to emotional intelligence. Uh, we'll be looking at team emotional intelligence, so maybe exploring this idea of teams as being emotional incubators a bit more. Um, and then lastly, we'll be looking at uh, the how you can utilize some emotional intelligence with managing difficult conversations or in those moments of conflict. Okay, great. Well, so we look forward to seeing you at the next episode where we'll tackle relationship management on the leadership topic. And uh, thank you very much, Josina. Thank you, Sam. It's a great conversation. I really appreciate the time with you.